Here we are. Welcome to episode three, our final episode of the projects. Yes. Uh, of the Tone Zone, spelled T-O-A-N-Z-O-A-N. Obviously. Uh, today we have a an incredibly special guest. I'm super excited to have him. So special. Uh, I'll let you introduce him, David. You're, he's he's your teacher. Uh, he is. He's your boy. Wow. This is an absolute honor. Uh, yeah. Uh, a musical mastermind. Um, and and he knows his English literature too. It is the one, the only, Mr. Chad Peck. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me and for that wonderful introduction. I'm humbled and flattered. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm 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 sad that I don't have you this year. Hopefully, I'll have you next year. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, it's 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 really nice to uh, sit and talk with someone who knows guitar more than we do. And Mr. Clark doesn't have the experience that you have. So it, uh, we're going to pick your brain a lot today. Hopefully you're, uh, hopefully you're pre- pre- prepared for that. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, Chad Peck. I just had a recording session last night, so I'm all... Wow, awesome. I'm, I'm, in, this, I'm in the tone zone anyway. Hey, so. hey, hey. nice. That, that was clean. That was, that was very clean. <laughs> so our first section uh, is a little thing called Rig Rundown. We're just sure. going to ask you uh, about your rig. Uh, so first and foremost, uh, tell us about your guitar that you have. Uh, this is like my prized possession. This is a 1958 Jazzmaster. Um, it is the first year they like they only made them for eight months in '58, I believe. So this is like from the first run of them. Um, it's refinished. I bought it. It was in like a bad poly sunburst refinish, which made it affordable at the time. Nice. So I had it refinished in white, which. Um, yeah, I just love the look of the white, the Olympic white Jazzmasters. It's got the anodized pickguard, which I love. The original um, pickups from 58, um, which have quite a different sound than the ones that came after 62. And it's got a mastery bridge, which is sort of the one of the classic Jazzmaster replacement bridges. The old ones aren't as bad as people maybe think they are, but the mastery is definitely an improvement. And this is kind of special. It's got a patent pending um, tremolo system, which uh, is just very rare. So I'm kind of yeah. sad to have it. Yeah, yeah. That's the first thing that I noticed when I picked up the guitar. Uh, it, it it looks vintage. I've never held a vintage instrument yeah. before, but like the the inlays on the side of the neck mm. and just how the inlays look. I think are they wooden? Is that what they're made out of? They're clay dots. Clay. Okay. Oh, so yeah. I think after 62 or 64, they changed these like plastic dots that were emulated. They, I have a few of those guitars too. They're nice, but yeah, the clay dots are something special. And you can see the neck is just like yeah. checkered and worn in. And even the the guy who sold it to me, like you can see where oh, the, yeah. the, the, the person wore a ring when they were playing apparently. And that's like kind of in positions where bar chords would be played sort of right. stand, you know, in sort of non weird keys or whatever. So yeah. That's yeah. so cool though. Like that's yeah. That's the history of that guitar, and it's a beautiful thing. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't repair that. I wouldn't fix oh, that no, if I had no. the choice. Never, never. So I had to ask you uh, on the pickups. It looks like is that dirt or are they like marble or something? That's just dirt. That's just dirt. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It looks like marble, so it looks pretty cool. Yeah. It does look really cool. Yeah, it's not. I had it apart once because uh, I wanted to see the pencil deck, pencil deck, pencil date on the neck, um, which in '58 they wrote them like with actual pencils and it's oh, still nice. there. It says 1158 on it. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's, and I've got, I think I have 10 jazz masters and a Jaguar and some other stuff too, but, um, jazz masters are my favorite. I just, yeah, I love them so much. And is that like the most vintage guitar that you have? 
Yeah, I've got a few old things. Um, I've got a 62 that is really nice and destroyed in a cool way, and a 64 that's refinished in Sherwood Green, and a 65 in original Sunburst. That's a cool one. It's rare. with a, It's got dots and binding, which they only did uh, for a little while. Okay. And I've got a 60... 66 body with a newer neck on it. That's like my live guitar. That's oh, the okay. one that, yeah, it looks awesome and sounds awesome. Right. And I do have an old, um, a Gibson, it's called a Les Paul Jr., but it's actually the SG yeah. shape from the first year they made them in 61. So yeah, it's a horrible addiction. I do not recommend it. <laughs> but Dave and I have been uh, intoxicated by the guitar bug. So. Absolutely. Uh, oh, yeah. wicked. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Would uh, you say the p90s are what you were attracted to um yeah these are that's a misconception actually these are not p90s they're related to p90s but um uh, and in some of the newer jazz masters they use p90 pickups in them but yeah. these are kind of their own thing they're single coils that are uh they're flat like flat wound or something not flat one that's the type of string but there's like uh, there's something there's different like a strat is like deeper kind of yeah. one of these these are flat and wide okay um and i just i don't know i like i think single coils are just more expressive and a little more unpredictable like i think with a less paul you can kind of like get a predictable sound which is very good in lots of ways right um for the stuff i like to do it's a little more yeah just a little more expressive plus with the trem system you can do true, some true true cool stuff but all right so let's hear the clean tone yeah. So this is, uh, I actually have this like Klon thing, a J Rocket Archer as my clean tone. And I'm using a matchless uh, sim in the HX thing here. Beautiful. Nice. I love it. It's, yeah. uh, it, it definitely sounds like a vintage guitar. It, mm. it, it has a certain aura to it. I was holding it uh, before, while he's getting everything set up, and I just, you know, you, you know it's a vintage you know. guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it's a good guitar. Yeah. The neck does feel like worn in a way that you, yeah. can't, you can't recreate, really. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so let's move on to uh, your board. You, like, Big when, board. When he brought this thing in, I thought it was like a guitar <laughs> or a gun. <laughs> like yeah, one or the other. But yeah. no, it's a pedal board, and it's... It's heavy duty, but uh, he couldn't get the power to work, so he had his little board. Right. But it has it's it's the same sort of thing you said. Yeah. So the big board is kind of the idealized vision to me of a pedal board because it has on it this Ground Control Pro by Voodoo Labs, which is a MIDI switcher, and so in this system, that's kind of like the brain, and this long box at the top with all the cables coming out of it is just a loop system essentially. So right. The MIDI switcher tells the loop system to open or close loops given on the, depending on the song and the part of the song. And I can program that, which yeah. I really, you know, a lot of time I'm just using that like Big Muff clone for a lot of stuff, but this has a level switch in it and it does control the MIDI in the Chase Bliss pedals and the HX Stomp. And so I just, I love the, as a only guitar player in a three piece, having those dramatic switches I find super powerful because it's, as you know, tap dancing is no, yeah, no yeah. fun at all, especially when you're trying to sing as well occasionally. So, um, that's the big board and I love it. It's 90 pounds, oh my God. which, uh, 
So it was kind of pulled apart when I brought it in here, and that's why I didn't have the power supply. Because when I flew home from tour out of Chicago, they wouldn't let me. They let me take it from Halifax to Boston for the first show, but then I had to pull it all apart to get it on the airplane, which was a pain. But uh, that happened. So it's kind of like dirt first, generally speaking, with one exception. Then I don't use a whole lot of modulation. I've got a tremolo, this Nightwire tremolo pedal. Um, and for delay, I'm using that too. Do you want me to just go through the actual signal in yeah. order? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Signal chain. Okay, so it goes guitar into, um, I believe in this system, I'm trying to remember exactly, the super fuzz over there, that little Maleco gray thing. Um, and then it goes into the Keeley Loomer pedal, which is on my little smaller board here just for this demonstration. That's the My Bloody Valentine sound. It's oh, like okay. the only pedal I found that actually does it. I have the old rack effects that they use in the 80s and 90s but that's the only pedal that does it the reverse reverb it's really cool um then it goes big muff this green no sorry this purple um garbage face by ren and cuff that's the j mascus signature pedal it has a big muff and a treble boost in it i just use the big muff side of it for now i actually wrote the manual for that pedal for the company they hired me to do it which is kind of fun that's awesome. pretty cool yeah um then that yellow tone bender another very i used it recording last night it's like the best fuzz pedal of all time that's the like the Hot best take. looking pedal i've ever seen like it's so cool yeah those it's it's not perfect for everything but when it's the right sound it's just you can't beat it and it's a special they only made like 20 of them and i bought two of them wow <laughs> they've cloned it since then but uh those big old color sound boxes are awesome and then it goes into this um there's a wah pedal that's off the board now too it's a i use a jeffrey t's rmc3 wah it's busted right now so it's off the board but that's a really cool you can select the frequencies and stuff then it goes in this white box over there called the hexenzine my drummer built that pedal it's a very very cool like i don't know i guess it's a distortion pedal Loosely, I'm using it kind of low gain for the, the song that I'm using it for right now. Sounds great. Then the Nightwire tremolo, which is my favorite tremolo because it's uh, it can be attack sensitive. So the harder you hit it, the tremolo will speed up and then start slowing down. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. A really cool recording trick. Then I think I'm almost done here. Then it goes, yeah, that Chase Bliss, Chase Bliss Brothers, um, which is an overdrive pedal, JFET and something else, IC, I think, and it's. I like that pedal because it's programmable. So it's analog, but it's got a digital brain sort of. Okay. So you can save presets. Then the Chase Bliss Mood, which is, I just use it as a delay pedal, but it can do like loops and stuff. Yeah. Then I go into the um, the HX Stomp, which I've been using a lot. And that's kind of a utility pedal. Like if I need a different delay sound or a flanger or something, um, it kind of does all that. Right. So that's the big board. The The Bradshaw box with all the cables coming out of it has a level switch as well, so I can turn the whole system down if I want to, which is pretty useful. Yeah. And then on my little board, it's kind of just a mini version of that. So it goes Super Fuzz by some Italian company. I can't remember the name. I bought it on Reverb during the pandemic. Loomer, I only have one of them, so I switch back and forth. This Union um, Big Muff is, it's called the Sarbama. They're a Canadian company. They make pedals for like Jack White, and I saw one at Wilco's studio when I was there. Um, and that's my rhythm sound. 
The Archer is kind of my clean sound, but it also turns everything down as well, but I needed to. Then this ADA flanger, which I love, um, kind of for the taking off, plane taking off sound. TU3, oh sorry, after the J-Rocket was the Crybaby, then it goes to the flanger, TU3, and then this, uh, my, this is my bass player's uh, Caroline Kilobyte lo-fi delay, and it's got some cool sounds in it, because um, it does like regular, I don't know if you can hear me here. Kind of like a regular delay sound, but then if you hold down the switch, it'll start oscillating. Which is just fun for like at the end of songs or build yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh that's kinda of, it sounded so not impressive when I said it out loud like that. There's a lot there's a lot there. There's a lot going on, yeah. You can't uh you can't put it into words really. It's true. So like uh, yeah, you, you have to pick one pedal from the entire board, and you can't pick the big one, the brains. You have to pick. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the big muff for sure. Is yeah, the, the big one muff. Yeah. <laughs> the tone bender, I think, has. And in terms of a, an overall sound, the big muff is the one because it can do lead and it can do rhythm and the sound that I like. The tone bender is really amp, like picky, like it's dependent on the amp you okay. have. Okay. And sometimes it's so loud that. There's a weird thing that happens when you turn the volume up that the pedal itself sounds better, but if it's too loud for the amp, then it like starts collapsing the sound, which yeah. is a great push. Yeah. What about your favorite tone that like you can achieve right now? Uh, I know I know it's versatile. There's a lot sure. on there, but yeah. Well, this is just I'll just play my rhythm sound. So, like. I... Good morning, CEC. Could I have your attention, please, for a few morning announcements? So well, we're do. I'll just talk about my tone. So I'm always on the, the bridge pickup, always, with very few exceptions. And uh, big muff turned all the way up. Usually volume turned all the way up as well. Um, I have it turned out a little bit for this, and the tone is really dependent. That's kind of my like. That's my main sound, and I find I don't want to like do a hot take too early. I take too hot, <laughs> but I find people get really like precious about turning a knob, just kind of like this or that. And to me, it's like those fuzz pedals just sound best all the way up. That's to me how they yeah. sound best. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah, that's my like that's my basic sound for both things. So that uh, concludes our rig rundown section. Sure. Uh, there was a lot there. So much gear. There's a lot to unpack, <laughs> and there's a, there's a lot that we didn't get to. Uh, a lot of jealousy. Quickly. Yeah, a yeah. lot of jealousy. Not going to lie. Uh, a lot of drooling while he wasn't here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now we're going to move on to a section that uh, you might have a lot to say, you might not. Okay. Uh, it's just about your dream rig. Yeah. So first we're going to ask you just uh, like a song and an, or an artist or something. What's the greatest tone ever? Like what's your favorite? Oh, I mean, right now the tone I'm kind of chasing is the. Also, another announcement, folks: there are not turkey burgers in the cafeteria. It is chicken tenders. Fantastic! <laughs> the way she said that, man. <laughs> it is not turkey burgers. All right, okay. we should greatest keep that tone in. ever. Greatest tone. The one I'm think I'm saying today. This changes, but um, 
my bloody valentine loveless that whole record yeah. has the sound to me that is the idealized version of i don't want to say modern rock guitar because modern's a weird word because what's modern mean right yeah in the con modern is just whatever's happening right now but in terms of like forward thinking guitar that record has so many cool sounds that are not unique but i would think right now the one i was trying to get last night on my record anyway was the rhythm guitar sound from the song when you sleep off that record It's okay. kind of got for our, last night to get it. We used uh, a JTM 45, like a Marshall yeah. clone, and we literally had every knob all the way up. My goodness, and, yeah. And it we had an overdrive pedal just at the front of it to make it. It's like this brand, it's a love tone clone, this very awesome pedal company, okay. Um, but they're like a thousand dollars, yeah. So yeah, I got yeah. a clone of it. Uh, I have a few original ones, but um, and it just tightened up the low end a bit, but it had that like this like roar with the clarity that I think to me is kind of like for recording anyways, the, is my idealized tone. So that's the, the, my blade Valentine song. When you sleep is my answer right now. Awesome. Like unlimited money. Yeah. What is your most desired guitar? Uh, this is it. Honestly, yeah? I, I yeah. have my dream guitar. I have both my, the SG that I like the Les Paul junior was my yeah. other one. There's nothing honestly like if you won 10 million bucks, like you're not buying a guitar. <laughs> Well, oh, okay. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I mean, there's the Jay Mascus Telecaster that came out in Sparkle Blue, and it's but it's like pretty affordable. Like it's like fifteen hundred bucks or something, which is not that affordable. But relative to some other things I have, it's pretty yeah, affordable. yeah. I don't know. Like I'd get more fifties. One thing I guess I would love to have is a fifty-eight Jazzmaster with the original finish. That would be okay. Like, All right. Like yeah, a that... Sunburst one would be uh, ideal. That's understandable. Or any, like, like I kind of love the pre-CBS Jazzmasters, and they've really, like, everything in the pandemic have, like, exploded in price, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Any 60s pre-CBS, or a custom color one would be good, like a sure. Lake Placid blue one, matching headstock. Yeah. yeah. All right. There's matching headstock fenders. My are... girlfriend's going to kill me, but. <laughs> Don't give up yet. Yeah, there's yeah, still yeah, more. Yeah, there's yeah. still more guitars out there. Yeah. What about uh, Dream Pedal? Yeah. Okay, I do have an answer for that. Awesome. It's the Love Tone. Um, it's called the Cheese Source. So okay. um, there was one on Reverb. It just sold for 1200 American. And I had it in my cart even. Oh. I don't know how I was... I mean, I don't know how I was going to pay for it. <laughs> but I put it on a credit card, I guess. But that is two of their pedals. I have both of them separately. Like I have an actual Big Cheese, which is like a, kind of a fuzz facey pedal. JHS just made a clone of it called the cheese ball, cheese ball yeah 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 um, and the brown source is the overdrive side of it but i have this brown it's called the brown sauce is the color okay. i have so but it comes in one gigantic pedal it looks amazing and you can kind of route it differently and i also love um i have a moog delay i have two of them but there's okay. like the first series they made they only made a thousand of them and that's yeah. like a three thousand dollar pedal yeah. i'd love right. to have that one for sure yeah that's, that's a good answer yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's move to amplifiers. Sure. Uh, most desired amp. Right now, uh, it's one I had and sold. As oh, a no. Oh. So uh, we just went on tour in the States, and I had to rent gear because we had to fly down. Right. And um, we rented, the backline company gave us this 1972 Orange OR120, which is a... Um, it's called the graphic model. It has no words on it besides just the orange name. Dang. Um, and 
it sounded like I had some board tapes from us playing. Like I had some recordings and yeah. the guitar is just so, so great sounding. Like maybe the best I've ever sounded honestly live anyway. Dang. Um, and I had that amp when I was younger. Someone sold it to me for $400. My goodness. It needed a lot of work, but right. Right. Um, and then I sold it to buy a high watt, which is also a sweet amp obviously. But, uh, that's the one that I'm after right now. An orange seventies orange, but again, I've never played an orange before, but they look really cool. They look very cool. Yeah. yeah. And they do sound, they're, they're kind of like hi-fi-ish a little mm. bit. Um, but there's just, I just find with British amplifiers, there's like a roar. I know it's yeah. like kind of a silly automatopoeia way to describe it, but they have this like roar that you can't get out of a lot of Fender amps anyway. Like I guess right. you can get out of some of them, but that's kind of what. what no, I'm, but the when they're not meant to be clean, there's just something about it that you can, that you can add. Whereas like with a fender, it's kind of supposed to be clean. Right. Sure, yeah. But yeah, like orange and boxes are just, yeah. Yeah. Just ripping. I mean, I have a fender deluxe clone, like a five E three from, I don't know. Someone, I found it on reverb. There's not even a picture of it. I just bought it kind of randomly. Dang. Um, that's like the Neil Young sound kind of like that really ragged fender overdriven, like 12 watt sound or right. 15 watts. That the sound is cool too, but yeah. Uh, so our last question of the dream rig section, it doesn't really fit, but uh, we had to put it somewhere. Sure. Yeah. Uh, your favorite player of all time, right? Or I guess right now, just uh, yeah. your guitar hero. Uh, I'm going to go with my, he's a friend of mine now. His name's Tim Wheeler from the band Ash. Um, and when I was a kid growing up, they were like two years older than me. They lived in a Northern Irish little town called, um, place called Downpatrick. And they were like teenagers and they had a record deal and he was such a cool songwriter. He looked awesome, played cool guitars. And he was a major influence on me learning how to play guitar and trying to like move beyond just like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like like write actual songs. Right. and he's like a kind of a shred, not a shredder like in the cheesy way, but he definitely knows all the like Thin Lizzy licks or yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll say him for now uh, of of several, but he was my first kind of kind of hero. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that you uh, mentioned someone that we don't know. Uh, that's, yeah, that's good. You know, I was I was prepared for you to say, oh, I really like Jimmy Page, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that we learned about someone new. It's uh, mm, good. That's and he's good. a friend of mine now, and I've stayed at his apartment in New York when he's been on tour and. He's just like a genuinely like the nicest guy you could ever meet. Yeah, awesome. I, I guess I want to expand on that. Uh, I've I've heard about people that I look up to meeting their heroes, yeah. and meeting their guitar heroes, and uh, being friends with them. So just like describe how that is. How, what is it like uh, being actual buddies with someone that you looked up to when you were younger? Yeah, I mean it's it moves to this weird phase of like you're kind of the annoying person emailing questions for right. a while. Yeah. And kind of like earning trust or something. Yeah. <laughs> but eventually you turn a corner where it's like, yeah, you can stay at my apartment this summer and I'll leave you some guitars and use the studio if you want to. And now it's just more like, dude, I'm trying to get the sound. What should I, any recommendations or what did you use in this song that sounds awesome? And okay. It's a little more like, it's not totally back and forth, but it's a little right. more back and forth yeah. than it was at the start for sure. Okay. Um, so you have to get over that initial sort of phase of just wanting to know everything and yeah and i think when i've met a few people that i really look up to music wise and they just want to talk about in my experience i don't want to be like uh oh my goodness this is this is the best record ever like it changed like they don't like those don't love those conversations as opposed to like hey like 
how was the show tonight or whatever. Like right. they, just want, yeah, to, yeah, they yeah. want to be talked to like normal people. Right. Yeah. But that can be hard from the outside. For sure. For sure. Yeah. All right. So the next section that we would like to move on to, maybe you don't have a whole lot for this, but that's okay. Near future. Is there any gear? Uh, we'll start with guitars. Sure. That you'd be looking into buying like in the near future. No, I'm kind of, I'm in recording mode right now. So most of my gear purchases will be pedals and like studio stuff. That's kind of right, in the future. Right. So that mask is Telecaster. He played on my last record and he's a hero of mine too. And kind of a friend. Although he's <laughs> sort of, <laughs> that's definitely more of a one-sided friendship. Okay. Probably, yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. He's got a telly that looks really cool. I got to play the actual old one that's based on oh, awesome. at his house, but yeah, that's probably the one I get next when I actually get into buying guitars again. Right. Well, I'm glad that you talked about buying pedals because yeah. that was our next question. Next, uh, okay. Yeah, next pedal purchase. Oh, next pedal purchase. What will I get next? I've got a bunch of stuff. Let me just check my reverb cart. Yeah, that's that's the most accurate way to do it, right? Yeah. It really is. Um, I want this Death by Audio pedal. It's not even that spendy, but it's called a Fuzz War, which I'd be really into. Oh, I've got it right here. The, uh, the Moog Freak Box. The uh, MF-107. Okay. So I know your listeners can't hear this but or see this, but it's like one of these. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got yeah. three of them, like three of the other ones in the series, and that's that's the next one on my list. Yeah, that's for sure the next one I'll get. Awesome. awesome. And uh, what about amps? Hmm. Yeah, the orange would be next. But I could see myself buying like a, a smaller, like a six-watt champ or something just to have okay. a little... I have a super champ I bought over the pandemic, which is like a 12 watt, 18 watt, 12 watt fender from the eighties. It's kind of, people used to hate those amps, but they're yeah. honestly incredible. And they're like little like rock machines. Cause they're so quiet, but they have a, the pull. Right. Yeah. And it turns into the lead channel. It just sounds awesome. So yeah, but that, my next amp would be the orange. Probably I would say okay. that's probably awesome. The, awesome. That's fair. That's a ways away, but it'll happen. Yeah. Eventually. So, so, like, let's say you, you just bought, like, a scratch-off ticket, and you just won 10K. Yeah. You know, like a cool... A, a, a normal cool, person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, is there anything that you'd buy with that besides the Telecaster, I suppose? Um, for 10K right now, I would buy studio gear, for sure. Yeah. So, mm. like, uh, I want... Well, there's one kind of pedal-related thing I would get. It would be the Roland um, Chorus Echo 501. Oh, okay. So, it's, like, it's a box. It has tape like tape delay yeah. in it, but it's kind of the last iteration of that series. So you've probably seen that role in like RE201, the Space Echo, they call it. This yeah. is like the final iteration of that. I would get one of those. And a Josephson E22S microphone or a couple of those. Mm. Maybe an AKG C12 reissue. That'd be like 10K right there. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's the budget gone. Yeah. All right, moving into everybody's favorite segment. The, the highlight the of the show. Takes. Hot, hot takes. takes. All right. We'll, we'll no. start with chat. Yeah, yeah. We'll okay. start with chat. Yeah, we'll start with your hot take. Uh, fire away. We're, we're going to set a three-minute timer for this one. Three-minute timer. We, 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 uh, it's a special episode. we gotta, we got to give it a special time. So yeah. after you finish saying your hot take, three minutes, we'll start. So about anything? Yeah, yeah, musically. Musically? Okay. Yeah. Um, my hottest take musically... I think I'm going to say this. My hot take is that you often hear people say, 
music ain't the way it used to be or something. And I kind of think music now is better than it's ever been. Oh, that is a hot take, which is a hot take. I know. Uh, I mean, I think there's more bad music than there's ever been, but I feel, and I don't have data to back this up because I don't care about numbers. I'm an English teacher. Yes. Um, That's fair. I I would say as much as there's more bad music or generic music being made, like that stuff existed in the sixties as well. Right. Like the beach boys would write a sort of surfy song and then there'd be, Jan and Dean and whoever else kind of in line doing that thing or like, you know, Beatles knockoffs or whatever, including a band called Kestrel, the, the Kestrels <laughs> apparently. Uh, but I think now there's more interesting things and more platforms for people to get heard where in the past it was really controlled by like, did you live in London or New York or right. Toronto? Not even Toronto, like LA. LA would be, and yeah. did you have access to this publicist and that record label? And now you don't need, it still helps and there's definitely a lot of like payola in the music business still. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think now there's more good music being made than ever. Like we just played this band in Toronto called Fax, F-A-C-S. And they're from Chicago. And it was like one of the greatest bands I've ever seen in my entire life. Like never even heard of them before. And they just right. totally like blew us off the stage big time. And we're like so exciting. Yeah, it was really good. All right. Uh, timer started. Uh, I... I like a lot of old music, yeah. so it, it's definitely hard for me to admit that the stuff nowadays is, is good, uh, or I guess better than the, the stuff was back then. I will say that I think that the way that the music industry pushes music is different. There, You can access so many different types of music now. It's It's not controlled by the music industry, so I don't know. Music... Today isn't worse, it's just different because what we are given by the music industry is different and what we find is different. Sure. So it, it's you, it's not a quantifiable thing that you can just compare and say it's better or worse. It's right. just different. Right. All right. A take too hot. No, I, I don't <laughs> know. This, this, is, this is a good this is discussion. Good. This is a very good hot take. Yeah. Let's say 10% of the music, okay, let's say 1% of the music made by people, right, in general, all people, uh, who have access to music and are interested in music, let's say 1% of that is good. In the 70s, there would have been a lot less people making music, right? Yeah. So that 1% right. um, would be a smaller amount of people, right? Um, but also because of that 99%, as time passes, we forget about that. If you think like 30 years down the line, if people say, oh, well, music is bad nowadays, right? Like in 2050. Um, But really, we'll be saying like, in the moment, it's bad. Right. But they won't last. Bad music doesn't last. That's true. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like a lot of the old music is now just nostalgic for the people who listen to it. Yeah. Like a lot, I don't want to rip on the Beatles or anything, but like a lot of what they did would, if it was released today would be dismissed, but because it's the Beatles and because it was released 50 years ago, people are like, Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah. Because Mm. they, they just, they have this preconception that it's going to be good because it's old and because it's the Beatles type. Right. Yeah. But I think that like, if you look at all old music, which is like a, broad thing yeah that's like the, <laughs> the beatles are obviously not necessarily the peak i know you're a beach boys guy but i like yeah. the beatles too don't get me but wrong, let's but. let's say they're they're like at the top right but all of the bad music that was old 
it it's not here anymore. Exactly. It's that you're not going to listen to a bad band from the 70s. Yeah. Like, think about that. Like Led Zeppelin, you mean. Whoa. whoa, whoa okay, joking. okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. One that hot was take a at a time, time. please. <laughs> uh, that was a total joke. Okay, I, okay, I kind of okay. like Led Zeppelin. Um, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so if you think of, like, you're not going to go on Spotify and hit up a playlist that's called, like, classic bangers yeah you're not gonna find a bad song on there no because all of the music that has been produced for all of that time only the good stuff lasts so yeah i think it we can't really compare old music and new music just because we're still reminded of the bad stuff because it's still present yeah whereas the old stuff is all good yeah it's been filtered through time absolutely filtered and culturally filtered and yeah absolutely um yeah, and I mean, you know, I'm not, despite my hot take, I do think I can get a lot of inspiration from listening to Pet Sounds. You know, that's yeah. that's a record I will listen to if I need to get kind of fired up to write a song or something. Um, but, yeah, I think there's so many exciting things happening, especially in, like, I'm, like, I'm obviously quite a bit older than you guys, but these waves, are like, guitar is dead, no one plays guitars anymore. Yeah. Like, that's not really ever been true. It's just the music industry doesn't promote bands the same way. And like, right. Yeah. I don't know. I think that like there's a healthy underground guitar scene. Like there's been since I was your age, you know? So yeah. Yeah. It's just now that guitar isn't like the cool thing to pick up. You either are really into guitar and it's like this, this niche culture that you're a part of yeah. or you're just not. Yeah. So, you know, you don't see a lot of people nowadays just pick up the guitar and learn a few chords and yeah. just, like, you know, no, stay I, there. Yeah, like, nobody's neutral on guitar. Yeah. Because if you like right. guitar, then you have to go so far to find totally. that that source, yeah. right? And a guitar is, like, a weirdly imperfect instrument, right? And mm. so much music, this goes a little counter to my point earlier, but a lot of music is so, like, you have a, on my MacBook, I can, like, make a everything absolutely perfect. Yeah. And there's a time and place for that, but the guitar doesn't fit in that world very easily. No. You know, especially as a feature instrument, I guess. Yeah. Right, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and, and the there's so many intricacies to the instrument that, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great discussion. Uh, that was a very I, good I had to turn off take. the timer because uh, we, <laughs> we needed to finish that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for that. Uh, so now we're going to move into a, a section that we didn't do for our last two because we don't have anything to talk about. Rory and no. Ken don't have anything to talk about, but you have lots of experience sure. uh, being a musician. So we have a couple questions for you and I'm gonna read mine first and then I know David has some really good ones to ask you as awesome. well. Yeah. Uh, so we're just gonna start it off simple. Uh, the best show you've ever played? Uh, we just played a show on this last tour. The final show of the tour was at First Avenue in Minneapolis. Okay. Uh, we were opening for this guy, Bob Moulds, who's a very famous independent musician. Um, it was the biggest club. It was packed. It was packed even when we went on as the opener. And it was one of those, it's like a legendary club, you know, like, I don't know if Purple Rain was actually filmed there. There's a group, but they had a Purple Rain stage set up made out of Lego, which was kind of cool oh, backstage. Okay. But it's just one of those, you know, music has a lot of non-linear sort of spiritual quality for lack of a better phrase. And it's just one of those moods where the room just felt perfect mm. and we played super well i have the tape from the show like we have the multi-tracks and it's like it's just kind of one of those shows where like everything was just like pulsing at the same time mm, or something yeah so that it's, was like the best one recently and probably we've ever played honestly which is heartening as somebody's been doing this for a long time that a show 
in your 39th year is like one of the yeah. best ones you've played. So yeah, but th- that's uh that's a okay. Yeah, because you you don't want to be okay with the stuff that you've done in the past, so you're not happy. That's with. true. You want to yeah. you want want to always be critiquing yourself and always looking to uh, do better. Death by nostalgia. That, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a great answer. Uh, I guess on the flip side of that coin, the best show you've ever seen. Oh, uh, I saw Brian Wilson play Pet Sounds five uh, different times. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Five. I traveled to see. He played in Halifax, and I saw him in Moncton the night before. The year before, I saw him in Toronto and Ottawa. I just happened to be on a road trip, and he was playing like I was the same cities as him. Awesome. But I saw him in Detroit at this amazing theater called the Fox Theater, and I had VIP tickets. I got to meet him watch sound check and I like honestly wept when that show started. It was so powerful with like 15 people on the stage and just California girls, which has like really terrible lyrics, but that opening sort of symphonic thing that happens, it's like, it was just like very powerful and overwhelming. So that was probably right. the best show I've ever seen. Yeah. And you're a big beach boys guy from what I can gather. Yes. Uh, I've only met you a couple times, but you seem to really be into the beach boys yeah. and it's particularly patch sounds. Yeah, I mean, I like most of it, and there's some really cool stuff in the '70s that people tend to overlook because it's it wasn't they were like the most uncool band at that time, right? Um, you know, like the Beatles got beards and they looked really cool, and then the Beach Boys did, and they looked just like truck drivers, truck drivers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, but the Beach Boys love them, and Pet Sounds is a big one for me for sure. It's a great album. Uh, so we're gonna transition more into your musical journey. Sure. Uh, just talking about the past, uh, so. When did you start playing guitar? Grade seven music class. Grade seven music yeah, class. Awesome. That hits close to home because I started in grade six music yeah, class. So yeah, it's like, yeah. Playing guitar, the action was, you know, like an yeah. inch off the fretboard. Horrible. Fingers just destroyed, but love it. obsessed with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's honestly the best place to start in school because you just, once you get to high school, you just hit a prism yeah. and, you're, and you're off. So. Well, and it's free. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the best part. There's so much here there's so many the people especially like it's all so accessible right yes. uh so i guess you kind of answered where'd you start to uh yep. yeah bass river west culture i end up teaching there for a while and i actually end up teaching grade seven music the oh, same course awesome. but that i was not a very good music teacher oh. oh okay so like what was your first rig looking like um the first rig i gave it to a very special friend of mine it was a saber was a brand of the guitar sunburst one pickup in the middle. It was a three quarter size guitar and I had a tiger one by eight practice amp, which, you know, these brands don't actually exist. Yeah. <laughs> like they're just like yeah. random pawn shop guitars. And I did get, um, for Christmas, I got a boss DS two, which Kirk oh, okay. used and I was obsessed yeah. with Nirvana. So I had that. And then I got a chorus pedal, Dan Electro, um, oh, nice cool cat delay yeah or that's delay, of course like the big kind of metal ones yeah 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 so that was kind of my first rig yeah dan electros nice. are a classic yeah, yeah. I, I feel like every guitar player who grew up in the 90s owned a dan electro yeah they're just cheap right like well, they weren't cheap at the time actually they oh, were really? like i paid 200 bucks for that chorus pedal which in 1997 Dang. was like that was like ten thousand dollars <laughs> <laughs> um they're cheap now though like those yeah. the, the fab tone i think the mm. maroon colored one which people love that pedal yeah. like a fuzz that people love and there is one now that's kind of spendy it's the um they have a reel to reel fake delay or something or tape echo oh, okay. that's kind of expensive now but right. 
Awesome. Yeah. Uh, that, that's great to hear about. It's always interesting to see, look back and see what your first trick was like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's great. And uh, the last question that I have for you uh, is one that I added today. Um, what would you tell yourself if you started playing guitar today? Or what would you go back and tell grade seven Chad Peck? Start writing your own songs as soon as possible. Like huh. learn Nirvana songs or whatever, Ash songs or Smashing Pumpkin songs, but then start writing your own songs. Because I didn't start writing songs myself until I was like 20 five maybe dang so i've had some success you know like i've done pretty well musically but i wish i'd have started making my own stuff earlier because yeah just to understand music theory and understand how songs are constructed yeah and you kind of have to like anything fail a bunch of times before you start under like definitely that's yeah. like the brian wilson songwriting tip he's like just finish a song even if it's terrible it's like just finish it and then it's because you're going to take something from it every time right even if it's like never do that again yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's a valuable lesson to learn. Yeah. So, well, and it, it's also valuable to fail when you're younger. So if you started writing songs. Yeah. 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 It's a good bit of advice. That, that is insightful. If you're going to take one thing away from this episode, let it be that. I mean, we're going to follow that advice, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you absolutely should. Yeah. That's why I was so psyched. You said you were making a record. I was like, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Hasn't really gone anywhere since then. but No, but the new year. Yeah. The new yeah. year, new we're, band. We're forming a band. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. You're in that project, too. That's awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that concludes what I have written down for you. But David All has right. some absolute bangers to All ask yeah, you. So, Let's go. Mm, so you okay? We'll start with this one. The biggest gear regret. You already talked about that. The orange. That, um, yeah, yeah, the one that got away. The, yeah, the gear that got away. That's the. There's that would be the, the worst one. I mean, there's always that regret of. Sh- I should have bought that thing when it was still reasonably priced you yeah know? like so yeah. these guitars are now uh, like for someone of my income level <laughs> like fairly unattainable now like they're so expensive right um and this idea if you had to bought them even the 70s ones that people used to say are no good are now out of control price wise so i wish yeah. i got a few more old guitars before things really took off but maybe the market will drop out again i don't know um i had a Sovtech Big Muff, the green, like army green yeah. ones that I bought at this school from a guy for $50 in the hallway. Awesome. <laughs> um, and I sold it for 200 bucks, which I was like, I'm rich now, but well, um, yes, yeah. it's good profit, but those are worth like five, six, 700 bucks now. So yeah. I don't really like the sound of those ones, honestly, but it was, it'd be cool to have, I guess. Yeah. Those are, yeah, those are the big ones for now. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, okay. You might have to think a bit about this one. If you could make uh, a record or do some work in the studio with any artist or band in their prime, who would it be? Brian Wilson, 1965, 1966, 1967, for sure. You you would be willing to deal with his mental episodes? (laughs) Absolutely. I think that those, when you listen to the tapes on, like the Pet Sound Sessions or... um, even smile sessions. You can hear these tapes where he's like directing the band. Right. And it's just the vision. I just like, I'm in awe of just like, he knows exactly what it's going to sound like. And it's not going to be like, well, you played the note a little differently than I would do it. It's fine. He's like, no, play it exactly how I want mm. it. Which I really like that singular vision from any artist, but right. he seems to have it under control. Yeah. Uh, the thing about Brian Wilson, I mean, I'm, I'm not a big beach boys guy, not because I don't like him, just because I haven't, listen to them now a that's bunch. a hot take what's <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I'm just kidding. that's an average take I, for, I might, I might, I might have to go listen to some beach boys just out of respect uh but he 
he's he's like a classical composer more kind more of so, more yeah. so than like a singer songwriter with a with an acoustic he yeah he, he's a virtuoso as well he he yeah. just knows music yeah and has it on that like, I, I don't want to say the word spiritual twice in one podcast but on that kind of like visceral level where it's not about like I bought this book once called Inside the Music of Brian Wilson and it was a professor a music professor who went through every single Beach Boys song and said Dang. like this is what he did in the song right hoping for this idea that at the end there's this like here's the things he always does and it's like yeah he doesn't repeat any like he's got new ideas wow. every there's a few like motifs that he will yeah. use once in a while um but overall like he's got he's just coming from somewhere fresh every time which is pretty cool i mean the beatles that's have amazing that as well. um yeah and to think of like the sheer output they had and not repeating yeah like, that's yeah that's kind of nuts and i will say just in to mend the bridge here. Like I didn't love the beach was at your age. Either. It took me a while to okay. like, get into, I would have loved the Beatles more at your age for sure. Nice. Um, just like, I don't know, something hit me when I got a little, even like 19, I was like, Oh, there's that song. I just wasn't made for these times. And I was like, that song is like the perfect, that is exactly how I feel about the world right now. <laughs> Do you Dang. know what I mean? And then that kind of like, yeah, it just had a big impact on me. Yeah, well, I, there's no shame in saying that the Beach Boys had a huge impact. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be a little bit more uh, crazy if you said, like, Parliament Funkadelic is, like, you know, <laughs> my band. But Okay. They do slap, they, they, yes, they to do. be fair. Maggot Brain? Big tune. That's, is that them? No. Maggot Brain? Do they, is that Parliament Funkadelic? Is that the song that we heard in strings? No, It's like I a 10-minute so. guitar solo? No, the, the one that we heard is uh, We Want the Funk. Oh, right. Like yes, yes. Man. No, but uh, yeah, Beach Boys definitely, definitely inspiring, and that's fair. Um, it's always cool when you find different artists as you go throughout life, um, especially when the the artists seem to be perfect for where you are. Yeah, like it's it seems to be more than coincidence, right? When you find that perfect artist that just like says how you're feeling. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's always a, a cool thing. And I feel there's so much pressure now. For me, like I have subscribing to these podcasts about politics or whatever. I feel like in the morning I have to listen to my Paul. Like music is the thing that brings me joy. And I know yeah. the world is messed up. I don't really need to know all the details. Right. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Which maybe is coming from a place of privilege too. I'm not sure. But like music is that thing that kind of just like has, it's like the through line from when I was little. So yeah. 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 All right. And the last question I have. All right. Proudest moment musically. This can include anything. Yeah, really. Oof. Buying a guitar, winning an award. I know that you've been nominated for something. My proudest moment, honestly, was finishing my last record because yeah. my band had fallen apart, and I had my friend who was not in the band at the time drum on that record, and I did everything else by myself with a few tiny exceptions. I played all the bass, all the guitar, all the vocals, all the harmonies, dang, all the editing, all the engineering, besides the drums. My girlfriend sang on some songs. She's an amazing singer artist musician um but just getting i was like I, maybe i should just stop doing this is kind of how i felt when i started that record because mm. like, we had kind of an acrimonious breakup and it was you know we were not vibing as the kids would say yeah yeah of course um that's what like, the kids say <laughs> but i was like you know i'm gonna go through this and do it one time by myself and just see what happens and it yeah. was the best record ever made and so. so is that the one on your desk right now it is yeah, yeah okay yeah it's a good record. Yeah, thank you. I, I gotta go listen to it now. I, just, oh, no, I didn't know great. the story behind it. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, a way out. 
I think is my favorite track. That's a good tune, yeah. It's got good tone on it. That was uh, the less, I had an SG with P90s in it that I sold recently, but that guitar through that Founder Deluxe amp and probably the Klon thing, actually. Nice. Yeah, just cooking. Yeah. Well, well. Uh, I don't want to end it. Uh, I've had, I know you, yeah. you're you're a busy man. You have other things to do, though. Uh, thank you so much for being on our podcast. You really made it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's a treat. Thank you for having me. We uh, we probably wouldn't have done the tone zone if we couldn't have uh, Mr. Peck on. So, <laughs> no, uh, definitely. After Mr. Clark left us, it yeah. Was like, so, uh, and I think on a personal level, David and I enjoyed seeing your rig. Oh, cool. absolutely. Like, this is like. I it had to get was, a picture of it. It's just fun. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's kind of a mess. I need to get it re-Velcroed and stuff. Yeah. But, That's uh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, my name's Jagger. And I am David. And this has been The Tone Zone. Spell T-O-A-N-Z-O-A-N. Thank you very much. <laughs> Have a good day. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>